Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on the Legal Talk Network. I'm your host, Christopher Anderson, and I'm an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers be more successful with their law firm businesses. I work directly with lawyers across the country to help them achieve success as they define it. In the Unbillable Hour, each month we explore an area important to growing revenues, giving you back more of your time, and or improving your professional satisfaction in one of the key areas of your business. I'm an attorney who's built and managed law firms in Georgia and New York City, created innovative software for lawyers with LexisNexis, and I work now with hundreds of law firm owners to help grow professionally and personally. Your law firm business should exist to provide for the financial, personal, and professional needs of you, its owner. In this program, I have a chance to speak to you, as I do in presentations across the country, about what it takes to build and operate your law firm like the business that it is. I have a chance to introduce you to a new guest each month to talk about how to make that business work for you instead of the other way around. Today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is getting paid. One of the topics we cover is regarding the finances and other metrics regarding a law firm's business. Key to the functioning of a well-run law firm is getting paid. What used to be a single method was then two, but has now become far more complicated. My guest today is Amy Porter. She's the CEO of AffiniPay, the company that brings lawyers law pay. And we're going to discuss this very important aspect of managing your law firm business. Amy is the CEO and founder of AffiniPay, the company that brings law pay. And she's been in the bank card industry, I believe, since 1997. Amy, welcome to the program. And uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hi, Chris. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you guys. And um Let's see. We, I am, as you mentioned, the CEO of LawPay, which uh, we're based out of Austin, Texas. Lived here since college, so came came to school in Austin and never left. So we're in. I'm an avid Longhorn, and uh, luckily I get to hire a bunch of Longhorns to come work with LawPay with us as well, which is fun. Well, we'll try not to hold that against you. <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, we've uh, been in the pay- I've been in the payments business uh, just right out of college, uh, so back in 1995, actually, and um, that's uh, been my career uh, working with Visa, Mastercard, and, and everything's payments. It's been it's been interesting to see payments evolve over the last 15 to 20 years, and um, in, in the way technologies come in and, and really altered the way everything happens in commerce. And um, you know, we, we originally started out on the AffiniPay side, working with associations and um, a lot of bar associations moving them to online payments really for the first time with member dues, um, conference registrations, things like that. And as I started working with with those bar associations, we would start talking about, gosh, you know, our, our members, our attorneys really need something like this. You know, how can we make this work? And as we started digging into that and, and working with their various uh, practice management groups, uh, their ethics committees, they had the trust account knowledge. They had the law firm practice management knowledge, and I had the payment knowledge and um, in payment processing and how that works. And so it was really this collaborative effort between Affinipay and the bar associations 
that created Law Pay and what it is today. And um, and the program really is very much a part of many of the, the uh, state bar associations were recommended by 42 of the 50 states as really the, the best way to handle credit card payments and getting paid within a law firm. And so we're excited to be here and uh, share some of that knowledge and share, share that with uh, your, your listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And th- that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on the show, because you've really been at the forefront and at the beginning of law firms accepting payment through credit cards. I mean, I remember when I started practicing in the mid to late 90s that uh, accepting credit cards in law firms was still not overwhelmingly uh, an accepted form of doing business, right? Law firms didn't believe in some cases that it was ethical. Some didn't believe that it complied with uh, their their requirements to keep some money in trust. And you were there working with the bar associations, figuring that stuff out. Right. No, absolutely. Um, when we launched LawPay, it was right in the in the thick of 2008, 2009. And for the first time, lawyers really had to take a look at, wow, I, I need to take a look at my cash flow. I, I'm not able to pay my bills. I'm not able to make payroll. Um, larger law firms, you, we, we saw layoffs in the industry. People were hanging their shingle for the first time. Lawyers were coming, new attorneys were coming out of law school and had nowhere to go. Um, you know, kind of the, the pop-up of the, of the coffee shop lawyer and, and all of these dynamics came into play. Um, and so initially, it was interesting when we launched LawPay. It was really as a as a tool to, to help lawyers get paid and, and and really help keep them in business. And and for many lawyers, and depending on their area of practice, it was an integral part of what got them through 2008 2009 uh, because their clients needed another way to pay them. Um, and and this and it was really a response to the economy at that time. And so it, it was an interesting. Um, dynamic. It was an interesting time period. And lawyers, just, 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 just like you said, um, law firms that previously thought, oh, gosh, we're not going to accept credit cards. We are a professional service. We're not a, a 7-Eleven. We're not a gas station. This just isn't how we operate. Uh, we're really starting to rethink. Maybe we need to take a look at this. So they started to rethink the, uh, whether it was ethical, whether there was a stigma behind it, whether it was wrong. And that thinking has evolved, as you said, in the 2007, 2008 right. to, wow, this can really be a tool. Um, so do you believe that the stigma is gone now from, from accepting credit cards as a method of payment and we've moved our thinking along? Um, yes. You know, it's, it's been interesting over the last 10 years. We, we have really seen that stigma change uh, to where it's, it's not unprofessional to accept credit card payments. But I think the change has been more in how do we do it in a professional manner? How do we accept credit cards, one, in a way that's ethical? Um, how do we do it in a professional manner so that we're not uh, having clients come in and you know, have a cash register sitting on our lawyer's desk? That's just not going to happen. And so we, in, in, and I think that's what LawPay has been able to bring to the table is a way to accept payments uh, that, one, fits into the the way that a law firm runs their business into a way that they they handle billing and collections within their firm, uh, and so I think we acknowledge that, and uh, and that's what we've worked with the practice management groups to do. And what would you say now? Like, are the different ways that law firms can use uh, credit card payments, online payments, but electronic payments? But what are the new ways? What are the effective ways that law firms can use these kinds of payments? to streamline their ability to get paid, to get paid on time and to reduce accounts receivable. 
Right. Uh, you know, it's been it's been interesting. It's really the perfect storm. So not only has the has the stigma of accepting credit cards changed, but technology has changed with that. And now all of a sudden, it is completely okay and professional to accept payments um, online to to do your invoicing, do to do your billing through whether a practice management system or a cloud-based system. Um, so, so, so lawyers are, are realizing in kind of this light bulb's going off, gosh, I don't have to spend eight to 10 hours a month typing up and printing invoices and putting them in the mail um, and kind of sitting back and waiting for my, for my client to write me a check. There, there is a more efficient and an easier way to do this. And what's interesting now, where previously it was driven by the law firm as this need to, to get paid and, and, and to work on their cash flow, now it's being really driven by from on the client side. Clients are are demanding, hey, you've got to give me an easier way to pay you, or you're going to go to the bottom of my priority list. You know, I I don't I don't have a stamp, I don't have a checkbook. Uh, get with the program here, guys. <laughs> right. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, clients these days, that's not how they interact with the world, right? right? They when they want to buy a new hard drive, they go on to uh, Amazon and they pay for it with a credit card. When they want a new whatever, they go to some website or they get a bill afterwards and they, they pay for it electronically. That's how they experience the world. Are you saying that's what they're demanding of their law firms they as well? They are. They are. You know, it, um, with law pay, it's interesting. You know, we're, we're really on the front lines of this change where the, the law firms that we used to talk to, it, it was really more about them and about them uh, getting paid. Now the conversations that they're having when they call in is my clients are pretty much demanding that, that I provide an easier way for them to pay. And, and they're wanting to respond to this. They're wanting to create a convenience for their clients. They're wanting to, to have a client-friendly law firm. Um, they want to be, they want to feel like they're part of this new economy and, and embracing this new technology. Um, frankly, now it looks more professional to accept credit cards through an electronic invoice, then put them in the mail. So, so, that, so it's completely shifted. Yeah. So things have really been turned right. yeah, turned upside down, right? Where it's actually where it was once considered maybe it's not professional to take credit cards. Now it's more professional to take them. And if you if you don't take them, maybe that's not as professional. Yep. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And and that's the shift. And so now now when we talk to law firms who who have never taken credit cards for the first time, it's almost. I wouldn't say they're in a panic, but they're really looking to us, how, help me, how do I do this? How do we incorporate this into our law firm? Because we've done it the old way for so long, help us with this change and help us make it make the transition. Yeah, and, and then the other thing I'd like you to speak to for a little bit, because one of the things that I run to in speaking to law firm owners and law firm leaders is that they also still struggle with large amounts of accounts receivable because they send bills out, like you said, the paper invoices, they sometimes don't get them out in a timely way, and then lo and behold, the clients don't pay them in a timely way, and uh, they don't have any recourse. Right? They're Absolutely. waiting for that check to come in the mail. Quite honestly, uh, and and some of them I've worked with, and some of them that I know have worked with you and other payment uh, services have started to use credit cards as a way to reduce accounts receivable. Have you encountered that in your business? Absolutely, absolutely. And the you know the studies we've done show that. At any point in time, a law firm will have anywhere from 39 to sometimes up to 70% of their clients with a past due payment 
at any given time. Those are huge numbers. They know that if they can pr- provide an easier way for clients to pay, then, then they're going to dip into those numbers. And what's interesting and what, what they're finding is, is really these hidden benefits as well. So by offering a, a way for clients to pay online in, in, in a convenient way to pay them, one, they're getting paid faster. That's the, that's the easy part. But then what they're finding are these kind of hidden benefits they didn't anticipate, such as they write off less of their billings. Um, they don't have to discount as much. They actually get paid up front for the full amount faster than they ever have. And so all of a sudden their cash flow looks completely different. Yeah, and, and I've run into a couple of firms also that are using a, a concept called evergreen retainers, but where they're they're taking, let's say, uh, let's say if it's on a divorce case, they're taking a $5,000 retainer, if you will, and if in the first month they bill $1,500, then the balance is $3,500, everything's cool, but as soon as that balance goes under $2,500, they want the client to re-up it to, to $5,000. And they're able to use payment systems to make those recurring payments. How is that possible without them having the card again? So what we recommend, and just from a compliance standpoint, um, is to create what's called a pre-authorization form. And and we're we're, we're coaching and and teaching law firms to include that as part of their engagement uh, agreements, uh, in their retainer agreements, to go ahead and, and build that right in. And that's just part of the process. That's part of the communication they have with the client right out of the gate. So the, the expectation is set initially. Um, that good communication on the front end um, puts that system in place so that it, things are smooth going forward. And in, in, that, in that sometimes awkward or negative conversation with, with a client down the road, you can avoid that because it's already been established. Yeah. And that's, that's fantastic. And that way, you know, the, the incoming bills can be paid or as, they, as they're incurred. And, and actually, I mean, what I'm hearing is the client's it's not only convenient for the law firm, the clients are liking this better. They're liking, they would like to be made aware, they like to get the bills, but then they like to not have to deal with physically going through the process of making a payment that the law firm has the permission and authority to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and ironically, it creates really a positive payment experience. You know, pe- people don't like to pay a bill, of course, but if they can do it in a positive way, if it's convenient, if it's not. Uh, taking their time and taking effort away from what they're doing on a daily basis, they're okay with it. Amy, when, when I've talked with lawyers about taking credit cards, some of the concerns have been around, you know, some of my payments are for services rendered. Some of my payments are for amounts that I'm taking into trust, like retainers and, mo- and money I haven't yet earned, which I'm obligated to keep separate. Um, how does working with a company like yours help a law firm to comply with their ethical obligations and requirements? Great question, and, and that's probably the number one concern that law firms have with accepting credit cards is historically with, with credit card processing, whatever checking account you assign for deposits to go into, you're, you, you're inadvertently, you're allowing the banks or the or Visa MasterCard to also withdraw from that same account in the event of a your credit card processing fees, um, a client dispute, a chargeback, fraud, any, any of those scary words that are associated with credit card processing. And so there's always been this fear uh, with law firms of accepting credit cards that they may inadvertently jeopardize their trust account, which, as we all know, is, is a big deal. Uh, and so one of the things that we've worked closely with the bars with and their different ethics committees is the ability to correctly accept credit cards by, one, separating earned and unearned fees. So, for example, if, if a client comes in your office and 
all right, let's uh, you, you agree to work together and you want to take a $5,000 retainer, that retainer, since it's not earned, is going to go straight into the firm's uh, trust or IOLTA account. If it's for a past due balance, um, work that's already been performed, anything that you've earned, you're going to want to separate that and put that into the firm traditional, your operating account. And the, then the second thing is now that you've separated your different transactions, you're going to want to protect that trust account. So any fees associated with either deposit will, should only come from the firm operating account. Um, we protect, you've mm-hmm. got to protect the trust account in the event um, that there's a, a chargeback or a, or a client dispute. You only want uh, the operating account to, to handle those type of transactions. And they don't happen often, um, especially with, with law firms. It's, it's very rare that um, you have a client dispute or a chargeback, but at the same time, you can't jeopardize or, or risk your trust account uh, because it could happen. And so you've got to make sure that, that those accounts are, are set up correctly and so that you avoid any risk of, of uh, an inadvertent uh, withdrawal from your, from your IOLTA or your trust account. You also want to make sure fees don't come out of that trust account so that you don't run the risk of commingling client funds. In other words, you don't want to pay your credit card fees with your client's money, obviously. You want that to come out of your operating account, and that's an expense from the law firm, not your clients. Right, and so you were talking about the fees associated and some of that stuff that could could hit, and you make sure that those do come out of the operating account and never the trust account because they're paid for with law firm uh, money and not client money. But you, right. you mentioned in your discussion the word chargebacks, but let's let's just touch a little bit on what that means and how that could impact a law firm if their accounts aren't handled properly. Sure. And the, the, what's important to know about chargebacks, and, and that's probably one of the biggest questions we'll get from a law firm that, that's never taken credit cards before is, oh my gosh, what do I do about this chargeback? And it sounds like this big, scary word. But what a chargeback in our world means is it's an unresolvable dispute between the law firm and their client. And generally, we'll see those if a law firm doesn't, or if a client doesn't believe that the attorney or the law firm did the work that they were supposed to. Um, if perhaps they didn't get a refund on an excess retainer that they felt they were due. Um, so, so on the law firm side, these are easy to avoid. One is you've got to have documentation. So you've got to document that you had permission to charge the card. And two, you had authorization from the client. And so doing work on the front end, such as in, including credit card language in your engagement letters and your retainers can help avoid this down the road. Um, it, for example, when you go back and, and you, you charge a client going forward on a recurring basis even, having that documentation and having uh, having your clients ag- agree to that will, again, av- avoid any potential disputes down the road. And the nice thing is lawyers historically are f- great at doing this. Uh, they document everything uh, and they can absolutely, they never have trouble or they seem to, they rarely have trouble showing, I actually did the work because they document it. So it's awesome. Yeah. And so, but so when the chargeback does come, let's say, let's say I just want to like really reduce this to nuts and bolts. I'm, I'm operating a law firm. I take some money in trust for a retainer. I do the work. I, I take the money into operating. The client disputes it. And then I get a chargeback. 
where does that money get pulled out of? Since the money originally went into trust, does it come get pulled back out of trust, or how do you handle that? Well, the one thing the law pay does is we 100% protect that operating, or I'm sorry, that IELTA account in the trust account. So in the event, in the unlikely, unlikely event that a law firm does lose a chargeback, in other words, they weren't able to prove that they did the work or they weren't able to show they had permission to charge the card, that chargeback would become, only come out of the operating account. And so we 100% protect that IOLTA account from what you guys refer to as invasion. So we'll never invade that trust account. Fantastic. And and I think you touched on this, but I just want to expand a little bit more. Like, what is the role of LawPay or of a company like LawPay in helping the law firm to defend against the chargeback? Right. Uh, you know, that's probably one of our most important duties is to educate and and help the law firms with that process. Um, so we handle it twofold. One is an education on the front end. So provide helping you with, with language, helping the lawyer uh, put the right documentation in on the front end and helping them communicate with clients. And then two, communication when there is a dispute. And so we, we are we are on, on your side. We are, we are on the law firm side. We're on the same page. And so it's essentially we are helping them document, um, create that uh, communication back to defend themselves. And so being able to, to show that the that the work was done and that they had permission from the from the law firm. That's great. So I mean what it sounds to me like you're just saying is the first thing and probably probably the most important thing is that you give lawyers who who may not be entirely used to the world of merchant services the tools they need to take the charges correctly. You give them forms that the client signed that have been proven uh, over time to be very good at defending chargebacks. Yep. And then on the back, and, and you teach them about how to use those and, and how, when to use which forms for recurring payments versus the one-time payments, et cetera. And then it sounds like what you're saying is on the back end, if, if the client attempts a chargeback, you're then there for the law firm to help them put all that documentation together and build the case to defeat the chargeback. Is that, is that an accurate summary? You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And we've got a uh, staff here, here in the law pay office that um, – that handles those situations, and they're, they've got the knowledge, they've got the experience, and they know how to, how to defend those. Fantastic. All right, so the last thing I want to touch with you on in the time that we've got is, is I talk with attorneys all the time about uh, you know, whether or not they do take credit card payments and who they use um, for merchant services. And one of the things that rings out a lot of times is this concern about processing fees. Attorneys not wanting to pay the 1.5, 2.5, 3.5, whatever it is, percent in processing fees. Um, what, uh, I mean, how do you talk to attorneys about the benefits of accepting credit card payments vis-a-vis the percentage that they have to pay off the top to uh, pay the merchant service provider? Sure. And, and that's always the number one question we get. Okay, this sounds great. What is it going to cost me? Oh my gosh. Uh, I don't want to have to, to pay a percent on all of my billings. That sounds crazy to me. But when you kind of look behind the curtain and you realize the amount of invoices that are being written off, that are being discounted, um, the ability to accept those up front and to accept those in a timely manner, uh, the, the 2 to 2.5% that, the, that, that's charged to run the, to run the payment, becomes somewhat irrelevant, um, and so it's really becomes the cost of doing business, um, the cost of being efficient, um, of creating that convenience for your for your client, and um, and it generally ends up saving the law firm significant amounts over time because they're not writing off those invoices. 
Are you saying they're being a little penny wise and pound foolish? That's perfect. You're exactly right. <laughs> so, I mean, can you, I think you guys did a study recently. Can you just share with us a little bit of the information that you learned about, you know, because I, I think it's on one hand easy to say and, and easy for people to hear that, yeah, you know, the one to 2%, 3%, whatever, it pales in comparison to the losses you're taking. But then the natural reaction, I think, for most lawyers is, yeah, but that's not me. What are the actual statistics? What, what's going on out there? Um, you know, generally what we're saying, and, and there's various companies that, that have done these studies, but especially smaller firms, on average, it takes them 30 to 60 days to even put together an invoice, and then it takes 87 days on average to, to have that invoice paid. So you're looking at anywhere from four to six months sometimes from the time you actually perform work for your client, by the time you put your time by the time you, you use your time to the time that you're actually getting paid for that time. Uh, with a credit card payment, you can get paid in as little as 24 hours. And so just if you look at the, at, at the difference in, in the cost of that money to spread it out over the four to six months, uh, all of a sudden 2% doesn't, doesn't look so bad. Um, yeah, that, and that's just on the cost of money. I mean, my, my grandfather always used to tell me, he's, he'd say, you know, nothing in this world loses value faster than services already rendered. That's right. So over that two, three, four months that you're talking about, I imagine clients also are getting less and less and less willing to pay 100% on the dollar. That's right. That's right. Um, of the law firms, um, for the most part, what, what the... What surveys will say is over 70% of law firms report that they either discount or write off legal work. Um, 45% say that once they've once an outstanding invoice has uh, been out for past 90 days, it's either unlikely or very unlikely that they expect to get paid on it. Um, it's certainly not for the full amount. And so when you start really taking a deep dive and looking at your what your invoices really look like and your collection rates and you look at the time period for collections, law- lawyers are sometimes not happy with those numbers. Uh, and, and, it's, and it makes sense to, to, to take a look and put some better, better systems in place. Yeah. And I mean, and I think lawyers really don't understand how a lot, not all lawyers, but a lot of lawyers don't understand how poisonous accounts receivable are. I mean, the, you know, they, they see, okay, this client owes me a thousand dollars. I'm owed a thousand dollars. And what we're talking about right here is a thousand dollars. If we can speed up collections by 60 days, um, two to 3% for 60 days, uh, loan to your clients starts to sound like a reasonable amount of money. But the truth is it's worse than the $1,000 because you paid a well-run law firm might have 50% margins. Most law firms fall in the 25 to 35% on their gross margins. Let's call it one-third. So that $1,000 has cost you $600, maybe $650 to produce between your payroll and your overhead and everything else. So you're actually out the $1,000 the client has owed you, but you've had to pay out that $650 to your staff and to your rent and to your utilities. So, And, and then that's another thing that the $1,000 isn't available to you to market or do other things to grow your business. So it costs the business in so many different ways. Um, it really starts to sound like the objection to 2 to 3% is a false one if you can actually achieve that speed up in collections. So let me ask you, does accepting credit cards speed up the time to collect? No question. No question. And every, and every study we've done shows that. Um, and what it, 
what will what usually is is the case is the type of law being practiced. Um, the more urgent the matter, the faster they get paid, and the faster credit cards and the credit cards provide that avenue and that tool to get paid. Uh, and, and so there's no question that it makes a significant difference in their invoicing and their cash flow. Fantastic. Amy, we're coming up on the end of uh, our time together. It's been, it's really flown past. If people want to learn more, um, how can they get in touch with you to get some more information about the advantages of taking payments to speed up and, and benefit and make a better profit with their law firm? Yep, we'd love to have them visit our website, uh, lawpay.com. Um, there's live chat available or call into our office. We've got account managers that, that are trained on credit card payments for lawyers, and um, they've worked with over 10,000 law firms on implementing credit cards for the very first time uh, with firms that, have, that are just thinking about it, um, that, that are looking for a better solution and looking for a way to get paid. Fantastic. Thank you. And that wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Business Advisory Podcast. My guest today has been Amy Porter with some fantastic information about how using credit cards is not just a better way to accept payments, but it's a better way to run your law firm, a better way to make more profit. And that's just been fantastic information, Amy. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. But um, it's been a very serious podcast. But I will say, lawyers always tell me, getting paid is fun. It is fun yes, to get paid. It, it is. It <laughs> so is we'd indeed. love to talk with them. Great. Well, thank you. And again, my name is Christopher Anderson. I look forward to seeing you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Workers' Comp Matters is a podcast dedicated to exploring the laws, the landmark cases, and the true stories that define our workers' compensation system. I'm Judd Pierce, and together with Alan Pierce, we host a different guest each month as we bring to life this diverse area of the law. Join us on Workers' Comp Matters on the Legal Talk Network.